Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am not joined by anybody. I am writing solo for this Tuesday mailbag episode of the show. Uh, I hope you guys can all deal with not having alliteration. Usually Monday mailbags are how we do it around here, but we are not going to do that because of the holiday yesterday. I hope everybody really enjoyed their their nice, long vacation or, or a weekend uh and and shout, thank you everybody who who have served and and that's the point of that entire day uh today's show i'm going to talk about uh, how the lakers have handled lavar ball uh we got another question about the d'angelo russell trade uh we got all this we got plenty of stuff so thank you guys for for sending in your questions uh to the itunes link uh, in reviews and five star reviews and four or five star reviews, I really appreciate those. Those help us keep the lights on. As always, make sure you guys are following the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Silver Screen and Roll, uh, where I am now writing. If you guys haven't heard that news, uh, still over there at Lakers Outsiders as well. All those good places. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony or in LA. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Lakers. Let's get to the first question here. Actually, you know what? Before we get to the first question, I do have I have one of my kooky theories again, and it has something to do with what we've kind of seen from the playoffs thus far. It's been a long time since we watched Lakers basketball, but I do think we're watching basketball that might impact the Lakers. Basically, if you watch. Kevin Durant play like it doesn't look like he's having a ton of fun winning is fun and and the Warriors are certainly doing a ton of winning but you would think for for a team that is about to potentially win yet another title and 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 they're doing so in in crazy dominant fashion uh over the course of this this stretch here right but you kind of watch him and you kind of watch Kevin Durant and he just kind of looks yeah, kind of dead behind the eyes, right? And and I I also think it was kind of it was really telling when Durant went out there and created those burner accounts. Like that's not what somebody does if they're thrilled with how things are going with them. And 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 then the other thing too is when he goes on these podcasts and he and he explains, well, this is why I did this. I am happy with my decision. But eventually, it's kind of like. If you hear one one of my theories is every time a breakup happens, that's like to me the funniest kind of interaction you'll see on on social media, where the girl will go out there and take a selfie at the perfect angle, and the guy will make sure to to show, hey, I'm just kicking it with my bros, you know, and and they they go and they try to to make everybody seem as if everything is just great. I'm better off without this person, whatever, whatever. And and I kind of think that's how it's kind of gone with Kevin Durant. He is making it seem as if everything is great. Uh, he is maybe one of the least liked athletes in America right now. And he just, he's overcompensating and, and he, and he goes out there and, and he kind of holds himself the way he does. And it wouldn't, it would it would surprise me, right? Because nobody leaves teams this good, but he he's also he's also too good to be seen as the second fiddle, and and I kind of wonder if that hasn't kind of run its course with him. That he he enjoys, I would imagine, winning titles in in Golden State and 
and I would I I I think he wouldn't be lying if he said he he didn't regret or he doesn't regret the move the move he made. But I do think that he is very obviously the second most popular athlete on that team. And despite winning, he'll probably win finals MVP again this year because he's the best player on that team, most talented individual player on that team. Um, but it's still Steph's team. It's still, it's still Stephen Curry's show. And, and even beyond that, it's probably Draymond Green is the next favorite athlete among the fan base. And, and everybody loves Clay. So you have Kevin Durant. He's this kind of mercenary who shows up and, and helps the Golden State Warriors become the best team that I've ever seen personally. And yet he's not receiving, I would imagine, the amount of, of respect as he might feel like he should be. And so... I'm not I'm not going to go out there and and predict that he's leaving but that's just something to kind of keep an eye on and then it's kind of crazy right because you have LeBron if he wins a title in Cleveland well he's already done that so I don't think a a, a title definitely keeps him in Cleveland and and if Kevin Durant wins another t- title and another thankless title in in Golden State I don't think that keeps him around right or that convinces him to stick around so it's a really fascinating series to kind of watch uh, take place and and the whole time this is going on as Laker fans we just kind of get to sit here and and root for the best situation that might lead us to to getting a Kevin Durant or, or a LeBron James uh, let me know what you guys think about the theory it's it's not fully flat and, and I'm recording this at 115 on the 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 Monday after a long weekend in Havasu. So it might just be one of those weird theories that that pop up and then I laugh at in the morning, but we'll see. Uh, I'm going to get to your guys' questions though. Um, and I'm going to start here with this LeBron. Le, they, somebody asked, Austin asked uh, a question about LeVar Ball. So that's where we'll go next. So Austin, and I'm going to, I usually don't read the longer ones, but uh, this one, I think all the context in, in asking this question is, is necessary. So, hello, Anthony. I know you weren't very happy with how Magic handled LeVar's criticism on Coach Luke. Looking back, would you agree that by not responding to LeVar's clownish act, Magic was slowly has slowly marginalized the ball distraction? I think Lonzo's not impressive rookie not impressive rookie campaign, plus the other ball brothers not drawing much attention from NBA scouts have hum, somewhat humbled the big old ball. Looking onward to next season, would you agree Lavar has very minimum distraction because the media and Laker fans eventually get bored of the clownish act? All right, so there's a there's a few questions here. First off, regarding how the Lakers handled it, I I I can't quite agree with the way the question is phrased there. He has continued to be a jackass, right? Like he if if the Lakers had handled it properly and and they got onto the same page with him and kind of flexed their flexed their muscles in public, I think the Laker fan base kind of just doesn't pay any more attention to Lavar. And and look, I mean I, I as you guys probably know, I come from a PR background. And one of the mottos of the of the firm that I used to work at was, uh, if you if you don't write your story, somebody will. And I think by not responding to him after multiple points of frustration with Levar Ball, the Lakers are kind of letting him and the media write write their story without them. Uh, and so what I would I would hope is that eventually 
somebody kind of steps up either behind the scenes, though they've done that and it hasn't worked, or publicly just kind of throws a jab back at them. You know, it'd be great if if a leaked anonymous source made sure to point out, hey, look how little attention LiAngelo Ball is getting, right? And and that gets to the second part of this question or one of the other parts of this question is, is well, one, I frankly disagree, you know, that that Levar that Lonzo's rookie season was not impressive. I thought he was very good and had a a really positive impact on the Lakers despite missing thirty games. So if you're saying that, yeah, I, I, that missing those thirty games takes it down a notch in terms of how impressive it was, okay, sure. Um, but I would I would tend to disagree there. And and it's funny that we're talking about the thirty games that he missed. Lavar Ball says that. You know, heading into this year, Lonzo had never been hurt before, and his latest outburst had to do with the training uh, that the Lakers put Lonzo through. And he was basically he he tried to prove that there was a correlation between weird armband exercises and Lonzo getting hurt for the first time in his life. Uh, didn't really mention though that the the <laughs> the NBA season is about as arduous as as a season can get. Uh, also, didn't mention that Lonzo was the 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 Laker who uh, I believe he missed the most games of any Laker, and and every Laker who did miss games was because of some kind of contact or a sprain or something like that. Lonzo was the only one who kind of dealt with a lingering soft tish, soft tissue uh, issue, right? And so that's funny that it didn't get mentioned, right? And so uh, what the Lakers find themselves in in another situation here is where LeVar is making Lonzo choose between him and the Lakers. And, and you know, that that's just, that puts everybody in a weird spot. It puts the Lakers in a weird spot because, well, now the face of their franchise, uh, until they land somebody else, is going to face awkward questions about the situation. It puts uh, the it, it puts Lonzo in a weird spot because he has to make that choice, right? The only person who seems to get anything here is is Levar Ball because he gets the attention that he he so desperately craves. So I, I would say, look, it's hard. It's it's a it's an awkward thing when you're dealing with family here, and and this family member has members of the media willing to make public every single text message that he sends them. Uh, but but for the most part here, uh, the only person who benefits is Lavar, and he will continue doing so until somebody in the Lakers organization sits him down and says, "All right, that's enough of this, man." That we've we've all we've asked nicely. That's enough of this. Um, any other question here that I? Uh, yeah. Oh, and then and then regarding people getting uh, bored of it, I think the only way people get bored of of Levar Ball is if the Lakers make them get sick of hearing about Levar Ball. Uh, so there's that. I'm going to take another quick second here. When we come back, we will uh, we will get to the rest of these questions here in a second. All right, so the the next couple points here. There's one that says they don't have criticism 
that is constructive and basically said that the only shows that they listen to are the ones with Pete. Can't say I can't say I blame you. Uh, I appreciate the review though. And then the other question here is really like the comment, or the, this is another just kind of comment, but really like the commentary and analysis on Lakers events, Laker current events. I think it's great to get an alternative to ESPN and Spectrum analysis of the team. So this kind of gives me a a an avenue to talk about. I guess how teams are covered nowadays. And and one thing that I, I, I think is objectively true is I don't think there is another team covered quite as well as the Lakers. This is definitely the best coverage I have ever seen of the Lakers ever. And and I'm just trying to keep up with everybody. But between Pete's videos and and bloggers like Harrison and Darius and and every so often myself. Uh, I think Lakers Twitter is really cool, and it's developed into its like its own entity, and and that's really fun. Um, and and what you're kind of seeing are, are traditional media avenues. They're kind of sort of challenged, and and what I'm hoping is as as non traditional media, whether it's podcasts or online only content, uh, continues to get made and and made at a high uh, level of 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 quality that it forces traditional media to kind of rethink how they do things and it maybe challenges them to get better as well. So that's kind of fun. I hope it all happens. And that's not to say that the people covering the, the, the Lakers for traditional media platforms aren't great. There are really, Bill Orem is a really good writer. Ramona Shelburne gets great scoops. Um, there, there are, there are people from throughout Tanya Ganguly came in and, and immediately became one of my favorite writers of, uh, about the Lakers that, that they've ever really had on the beat. So there, there's just, a, there's a great group of people there. And, and the hope is that we can all kind of, uh, challenge each other and, and force each other to keep on getting better and keep on evolving in this in this coverage of the team. But again, really appreciate the the question and comment. Um, we're going to end here, and it'll be a slightly shorter show today just because there isn't much to talk about, though I do think that's going to start changing here uh, with rumors of player movement and stuff. But this is the last question. This comes from QBreezy12. I'd like to hear your analysis on the D'Angelo Russell trade a year later, specifically if you would, if you still wouldn't have done it, how you think he would have fit with the current core, your grade, and if you would try to do anything different. Uh, all right, so look, I, I don't want to spend a ton more time on the D'Angelo. You guys all roll your eyes uh, whenever D'Angelo Russell comes up on the thing, and I'm going to say what I always say regarding this trade. We can't judge it until the Lakers either do or do not land a superstar free agent with the cap space that they opened up in trading him. Uh, now, whether that's Paul George or LeBron or Durant or whatever this upcoming year or next year it's Kawhi or, or whoever they might add into that cap space there, uh, or Clay Thompson you know, is another name who you'll, you'll, you'll see uh, tied to the Lakers because of his dad's being a former Laker. Until the, until those things take place, there really is no way to fully contextualize and grade the D'Angelo Russell trade. Uh, now, how he would have fit with this current core, well, so, again, as, as we say all the time on here, the Lakers could have still had Kuzma, and they could have had a, a lineup of Lonzo, D'Angelo, Ingram, Kuzma, and Randall, 
And look, I I just think that's a really fun team with a ton of creativity on offense. Now, defensively, how D'Angelo Russell would have played as the as the two or, or having to switch as much as they did this year, maybe he doesn't hold up as well as, say, Josh Hart did. Uh, and that's fair to that's fair to wonder about. But in terms of just the offense and style of play, I think that fits really well. And it's kind of a bummer that we never got to see it. Uh, because really what the Lakers lacked uh, all season was a secondary creator in, in the backcourt. And when Isaiah Thomas showed up, you saw the benefit of having that type of player back there along with uh, Lonzo Ball. And if D'Angelo Russell is basically Isaiah Thomas but a little bit taller, um, then <laughs> this version of Isaiah Thomas, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to reach the peak of almost averaging 30 points a game as Isaiah Thomas did last year. But, but if, if D'Angelo Russell was basically that on this squad, um, I, I think it's fair to, I think it's, it's, I, it'll be really hard to ever convince me that that doesn't work out in terms of basketball abilities and, and, mixing how how all that works out and and one of my theories that I had last year was regarding the addition of of Lonzo and and D'Angelo Russell and and you kind of throw it back to when Magic was drafted the Lakers had Norm Nixon as the point guard and Magic basically made it known that he wanted to be the only point guard on the roster basically um, and 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 as a result, Norm Nixon gets traded. The Lakers get Byron Scott, and they still wind up winning in all those things. But I, I think there's a connection to be made between how Magic preferred things to go when he was a young player and what he thinks is best for Lonzo in a similar situation. And what you wind up getting there is D'Angelo Russell gets moved, Lonzo Ball gets the keys to the to the car. Uh, and and you kind of go from there. And I just it's a bummer that it had to happen or that that it did happen uh, before we ever got to see those guys share the court because I I just think that would have been a lot of fun. Um, I think that's it for questions here. I uh, look again. Thank you guys so much for leaving the the comments in the reviews. Again, that really helps us continue to do what we do here. I'll be back at it again with Pete for tomorrow's show and look if you guys have anything that you want pete and i to discuss usually these 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 mailbag shows are just between him and me uh but if you guys between now and the time that pete and i record uh put up a couple questions i'll i'll try to get to them as soon as i possibly can and maybe pete and i can just discuss it uh and and if you guys want any of the conversations that i have in these kind of solo shows to take place with Pete, will let me know and and uh, and I'll go from there with Pete. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Find the show everywhere that you can find podcasts. We will talk to you again, manana. <laughs>